0: Well, like, how does it start off? We just start talking. And then how do you know the podcast started? Oh, because we have an intro. Oh. I'm Malia White, real-life bosun and cast member on Bravo's Below Deck Med. Working in my industry can be very interesting. These are my stories. As you'll find out, my world is a total ship show. Okay. Oh, my. (laughs) All right. Welcome back to (laughs) 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 We don't have to do that. (laughs) I'm Malia White. This is Amanda. Um, (laughs) Okay, so uh, last season we had a dangers episode, so we're gonna uh, do that again because we learn a lot from these. Yeah, I learn everything. You basically just tell me a story. Yeah, and this week's story is pretty crazy. Um, So we've got a few case studies. But basically, the theme is abandoned vessels. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Which I think we kind of learned about last season, but we didn't really know the full story, so we're going to dive into it a little deeper. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so the first one I have for you is an abandoned bulk carrier, um, motor vessel ULA. Uh, And this story comes from 2019. Recent. And the ship, just to put this in perspective, this ship is 186 meters or 600 feet long.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: So this is not a little boat. It's not, you know, something that might get abandoned and you never see it. This is a massive ship. Yeah. It's a, it's a bolt carrier. Okay. So in 2019, motor vessel ULA was abandoned as the company owning the vessel stopped paying for the wages and providing food, fuel, and water to the ship. Um, so basically, the company couldn't pay to keep the ship going. So it, it costs less to just stop, you know, with like wages and yeah. getting it food. And without financial backing, it's really hard for any of the seafarers on board to go into port or get anything because, you know, they don't have the means to do so. Yeah. The company is what keeps the ship going. Right. And, you know, as a seafarer, you're not going to be like, yeah, here's my credit card, get some gas. You know what I mean? Jeez. uh Yeah, so that may, that meant that they couldn't return to port, and the seafarers became stranded on the ship without necessary amenities. So where did it come from? Where did the ship come from? I don't know where it originates from, but this... Um, but Oh, well, so most of the seafarers on board, so there were 19 crew members on board, okay. and most of them are from India. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, and then of course, because it's 2019, COVID restrictions further shut down efforts to resolve the problem, resulting in crew being unable to get off in certain ports. So due to the lockdown, then the crew like, couldn't get off because the world was locked down and they're not gonna just accept like, seafarers from all over the world. So where was it? Um, this is in Bahrain.
1: And it just fully, they just had to stop because they couldn't make it into port.
0: Yeah, well, they just couldn't get off the vessel. Like How no. far
1: away from shore were they? Um,
0: it just says they're a couple of miles offshore, anchored. Wow. So they're just anchored out, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then during this time, uh, I think I mentioned it, but most of the seafarers were, fair, were from India. So after a year, some of them a year, stranded on board, they did an 11-week hunger strike in protest for unpaid wages. Because basically, the the seafarers, you know, during this whole time, they're still on board in the capacity of a seafarer. They're still working on board, regardless if it's COVID or not. They're stuck on the ship yeah. as a seafarer, and they're not being paid wages.
1: Like again, like how is this legal? This is so insane.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. And then so they reported um, that they barely had enough provisions for one meal a day. Yeah, yeah. So then eventually they went on this eleven-week hunger strike in protest. And this caught the attention of the ITF, which is the International Transport Workers Federation. Um, and basically, the ITF helps with a lot of commercial ships and with mm-hmm. problems such as these. Mm-hmm. They get involved, and they try to fight on behalf of the seafarers to figure out, okay, the company doesn't have the money to pay, mm-hmm. but we've got seafarers that are stranded on the ship. Like, where's the in-between? What can we do? You know? Wow, yeah. And especially, you probably saw the hunger strike in the news. It did make national headlines. It was all over the BBC. Um, And the the seafarers were holding up signs like, Mm -hmm. hunger strike, we want our wages. This is wrong. Like, you know. Yeah. Wow. Um, And yeah, the company was just unable to pay. And eventually the ITF was able to get some of their wages paid back. um, How'd they get them off the boat? Yeah, well, they they had to get COVID testing in place for them. They had to get visas lined up for them and had to help them, you know, but that's what their job, the ITF's job Mm -hmm. is, is to just kind of help the seafarers. So, yeah, eventually they were able to, um, well, the ITF became involved in a battle to get their wages paid and to get them home. So, finally, in 2021, in June, the crew were returned home. Many of them were on board for 31 months. That's,
1: oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that is insane. And,
0: like, this isn't a yacht. There's not, like, you know, there's not tons of entertainment and yeah. lots of food and drinks and whatever. These, these, they were probably there under very poor living conditions. You know, I mean, it yeah. says here they didn't have necessary amenities. Most of them got sick due to lack of medication. They didn't have fresh drinking water, and they didn't have fresh food.
1: Do some big boats like this have, like, I guess it, this is so insane to me because it's like, why was there, like, was there an opportunity for them to get on, like, the tenders and go to shore or, like, what?
0: So a boat like this of... wouldn't have a tender. Ah, yeah. okay. It's a massive boat carrier. But they don't so have they any, don't...
1: like, any type of vessel or raft or anything for them to get off of to try and make it to
0: shore? But the problem is, is so you might think, like, oh, they're they're right off coast mm-hmm. of wherever why can't they just go to shore right I mean these guys are from India they might not have the necessary paperwork to right. go ashore so right. they're not allowed to and as a seafarer even though you're working in all these remote places that doesn't necessarily mean you can just get off and go to port right I mean, you have to get cleared in you have to pass customs yeah. you have to check your passport yeah. you know you have to show all this documentation just to be able to go in so they, they, they probably weren't allowed. That's they probably so weren't allowed. Awful. They probably were obligated to stay on board. Yeah. But then at the same time, their company's not getting the money or provisions. Right. Like, yeah, that's terrifying. That's awful. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, and that so 19 crew members wow. at one time, yeah. Okay, so the second case study we have, which is along um, very similar lines, uh, Muhammad is was a seafarer who was abandoned on motor vessel Amman. This happened May 5th, 2017, and he was abandoned on this ship for four years. How
1: does this happen?
0: Yeah, it, well, I, and this is like something that I didn't really read about in the news, like it didn't make international headlines until he was like being freed, like, yeah. you know. Right. Um, okay, so Motor Vessel Amman was a big, I mean, it's a big ship as well, so it's a um, cargo ship which was 100 meters or 328 feet. So again, not a small ship, you know a massive yeah. wow. massive ship and it was detained in an Egyptian port. Um, it had expired safety equipment and classification certific- certificates. So basically um, the boat wasn't being kept up to regulations is the best mm-hmm. way to say that. So a lot of things were expired. there wasn't it wasn't safe to be at sea, mm-hmm. um, which means the company, who owns the ship is responsible for getting that up to date. But in this circumstance, the company again, didn't have the money. They were in financial difficulty and they couldn't pay, uh, or they were unwilling to pay f- to, you know, kind of get the ship back. So then the port authorities say, okay, well, you're not our problem because we don't own you and the- own the ship, and your company's not willing to pay, so what do we do? So basically, the ship um, or the port authorities then boarded the ship. At the time, the captain, who happened to be Egyptian, was ashore. So they brought a bunch of paperwork to the chief officer, and they had the chief officer, who is Mohammed, sign a paper, a legal document. And it turns out he was signing an order to become the ship's legal guardian. Yeah, which means he's left to be in charge of the ship. So did they like trick him into signing this? Well, so he has come out and stated that he didn't understand what he was signing and he only found out months later as other crew members were being allowed to leave. So remember, so Mohammed is from Syria, he's Syrian, and he's on board a ship, they're in Egypt, they're in a foreign port, his captain's now ashore and gone, and he's just signed this document that he doesn't understand fully but is being told that he has to sign. And so, yeah, as he's the chief officer, so he wow. became the legal guardian of the ship and was obligated to stay on board.
1: So it sounds like the captain like was sort of manipulating him, like, oh, well, we're in Egypt, I can get off because I'm a citizen here, but how do I get out of this situation?
0: Well, I, apparently it was the port authorities that came on, wow. and they were just like, someone okay. has to sign it, captain's not here, and you're the next in line kind of thing. Oh my god. That's yeah, so crazy. basically, what that left is um, so as crew started to get off, he started to realize, well, hang on, this means like I'm going to be left here. Mm-hmm. So, over two years, um, you know, numbers started dwindling, and then he was completely left alone for two years. And there was the occasional security guard. Um, his passport was confiscated by the Egyptian fish- officials because he was now in charge of this ship. And the ship was at anchor, so it was just out anchor off the coast.
1: Oh, my god! No
0: running water, no electricity, no fresh food, and he was on the ship alone. Do you how know how scary he, that would be I at night? I can't even imagine. Like, how did he get food? He didn't. He had the supply, like, what the can, I'm assuming, like, canned supplies, or maybe the security guard that had to come and check on him, like, brought him stuff every yeah. now and then. But it sounds like he, it was, like... Pretty. That is so insane that that could happen. Like, why is there not a... Think of how scary at night that must be. It's, yeah. Again, this isn't like a yacht where it's like you've got a big flat screen TV. This is an empty cargo ship that was already like... It sounds... By the sounds of it, it was like rest, a yeah, rust bucket. I mean, that's bucket.
1: like being in prison. Like, just being in solitary confinement. No interaction with people not even really understanding what's going on. Like, was he even able to communicate with anybody other than the security guard? You know, like, that is just so crazy.
0: Yeah, no, so it says he had very limited communication with anyone. Obviously, he didn't have anyone in person to yeah. communicate with. Yeah, um, And it's funny you say that because he is quoted as saying, um, it felt like a grave. It was a grave at night. He said, you can't see anything, you can't hear anything. It's like you're in a coffin. <laughs> Yeah. And you can watch the video. There's a video online about this um, and uh, an interview once he was actually like released. But yeah, he just says, you know, imagine solitary confinement for four years. Yeah, I can't imagine. So what- also, he also like he said that like the bugs and the rodents started to come in and imagine oh, the yeah. smells like he's going to the bathroom. and There's no running water. Yeah. And the sh- the like sounds that the ship must make it. night. I don't
1: understand why there's not some sort of like international organization or something like that, where like these boats have to pay into some sort of insurance policy. That's I don't know, like some so, sort of global thing to protect yeah. protect people when this kind of thing happens. Like that is so like unfair that he would yeah. ever have to go through something like that, and everyone else just gets off, and he's stuck for years. That's insane.
0: Yeah, so he said he felt cornered by Egyptian law and ignored by the ship's owners that he would go months without any communication about his status on board. The ship's owners reported that they can't force a judge to remove the legal guardianship and they couldn't find a single person who would replace him on board. Yeah, no shit. No one's gonna like volunteer to go live on an empty cargo ship in the middle. That's so sad. Yeah, and so he was quite, like the ship was anchored quite far away from shore. And then a big storm came through and broke the anchorage and the ship um, ended up drifting and running aground.
1: Mm. And he said
0: this, he said it was a grace of God because then he was able to swim ashore every two to three days to get food, charge his phone and get water. Wow. Then he had to swim back. to Like he knew he had to be like... How's he he doing now? Well, okay, so eventually... Um, again, the ITF got involved. So what does ITF stand for? International Transport Workers Federation. So it's basically, I guess, kind of like a union to help seafarers. Okay. Yeah. Um, After four years, they got involved. I think they were... Involved but it trying, took, yeah, trying they to were, get him out. Yeah. Because okay. basically they have to then work with the company, they have to work with all these parties like the Gosh. Egyptian local authorities. Because right. again, like the local authorities don't want this massive ship that's just gonna be a rest bucket right. like sitting out there eating. Right. Either. Like there's no regulation for that. That's so crazy. And if the ship's deemed like not seaworthy, then right. who's going to pay to get it out of the water? Who's going to cut it into scrap metal? Like, yeah. what, it ta- this is a lot of money. Someone has right. to be held financially responsible. Right. Um, so, yeah, so eventually the ITF got involved, and they were, able, they were able to secure his release by agreeing to have a local union representative in Egypt agree to be the ship's legal guardian from the shore side. So someone did volunteer to be in his position, but... The agreement meant they didn't have to actually live on the boat; they could just do it from shore. Oh but I'm my like, gosh. why didn't they just like, like three years ago, that would have been nice. Like, right, and still,
1: like, who's so what? It's still just sitting there off the coast of Egypt. It's just that now it's an it's Egyptian a battle. person. Yeah,
0: now it's more of a battle right. between the company and the local authorities wow. without a seafar like. But you're right. Like, how is a seafarer involved? Like, you're right. You're not the head of the multi-million-dollar corporation. Yeah, like these or companies whatever. should be from
1: the moment that they decide to build a ship, they should, they should be, be held liable. Yeah, yes, for that type of a situation. Like the fact that he was somehow talked into signing something, saying like, "Yes, I'll be the ship's owner," and then stuck there for four years is just
0: yeah, especially he didn't understand it. Then right. getting the you know like the language, language barrier for yeah. one. Like mm-hmm. he didn't understand it. He didn't know what he was getting himself into. Right. And then boom, he's on the ship by himself. And, like, it gets pretty dark, like, his interviews, he says, you know, like, he often, you know, thought about committing suicide, his mom died when he was stranded, his brother, get this, his brother's also a seafarer, and his brother was on a ship that was passing his quite often, and they would wave, and he was like, but well, there's so nothing heartbreaking. I could do, yeah. I was bound by obligation to be on the ship. And this is just something like, you know, I'm in yachting, obviously, so I'm not in the commercial side, but this is just something, like, when I read this, I was like, that can't can't be possible. Like, how? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, how could he not, like,
1: it's just so crazy that there wasn't a way for somebody, like, get a helicopter out there, pick him up, take him home
0: so that he can... But I guess then you go to prison, don't you, because you're breaking your contract. But, I mean, at this point, prison was probably a better option. Well, why would he go to prison for breaking his contract? So the local authorities, the Egyptian yeah. local authorities, are binding him to mm-hmm. the boat. He's legally obligated but to what stay if But what if
1: he were able to be rescued by Syria, you know, in, like, a situation like that? It's, it's not really how it works. Like, I'm sure the resources, like, probably doesn't have the resources, but that to me is insane.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, you, I think as Americans, it's really hard to picture that. But, again, yeah. we have to think you're, right. you're a Syrian native right. on an Egyptian or yeah. on a foreign flagged right. ship in we're, an Egyptian port. We're incredibly so,
1: privileged here, so it's hard for us. Like, Yeah, it's yeah different but too. it's
0: also like, you know, I think this also, to, on like a lighter note, like with the show and things, people often are like, oh, well, this rule applies or this law applies, and people mm-hmm. often forget. Like, no, we're not. Because it's all just maritime law. Yeah, and I might there's... be American, but I yeah. work on a foreign flagged vessel that right. operates in foreign waters. It's not the same laws. Right. They're not the same you know, you're not protected mm. by the same acts and things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, it does have a happy ending. Uh, Muhammad was then flown home to Syria and re- and reunited with his family after four years. And the craziest part about this whole story is he is back at sea. He loves it. It's a, oh That's his gosh. livelihood. He's I mean, he's a chief officer, so he's worked his way up. Mm-hmm. He's a chief officer. Um, and yeah, he's wow. back at sea today. I wonder
1: how his mental
0: health is after going through something like that that's I'm sure it's gonna take a long long road to recovery um and so to kind of talk about uh ship abandonment and why and reasons for it yeah so like we've touched on a big one is economic reasons so ships are usually like big commercial ships are usually owned by a company and when these companies have you know difficulties with finances they are unable to pay for repairs Crew wages, port fees, cargo, the necessary like certifications and surveys, um, which then would deem the ship basically Mm unseaworthy. So then, not much you can do with it. You got to keep your ship up to date Mm -hmm. and safe. Otherwise, it you know has to be. It's so messed up that like
1: somebody in like a finance and accounting department, you know, like some company ends up failing because some people made some bad decisions, and then someone like Mohammed. Is the one who's paying for that for four years,
0: yeah. That is or, or you know, crazy. the the uh, I kind of also feel like maybe they knew that the ship was getting to that point, and they were just you know milking it until it was. So it says yeah. like um, the ship becomes less expensive, or it becomes less expensive to abandon the ship altogether than to try and operate it, because ships do cost a lot. I mean, like the running cost of a ship is a lot. Like. Yeah repairs, wages, all that stuff we just talked about, plus for these big ships that are transiting, you know, across the oceans, like fuel prices. Oh, yeah. It's, we're talking yeah. millions of dollars. So. That's, but that's what's so frustrating is, is huge companies screw
1: up and then yeah. someone like Muhammad is the one who pays. Well, yeah, I that's just that's why
0: I was like, what it's the just heck? Like, so
1: messed up. To yeah, me. yeah. And the
0: nineteen other, you know, they they had to go on a yeah. hunger strike just to get yeah. the you know the company to pay attention. Yeah. And they weren't even like they just wanted their wages. Like they just wanted to be back paid. Yeah. Because they've spent right. two years on a ship, oh you know, like pay them yeah. the money. And and you know what the saddest part is is their wages are probably pennies compared to what that yeah. company.
1: Oh, I'm making. sure. Well, and okay. So also, like Muhammad, like he for sure was never compensated for all of that time that he was that he spent out there.
0: Unless maybe the they the, argued for him, like unless yeah. they got it, or for he him.
1: sued or something like that. Well, maybe. there's no way
0: he can sue. That's the sad part. But and you know he's back working at sea, so I'm That's guessing true. the ITF argued some bit for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So, the IMO, which is the International Maritime Organization, reported that since 2004, there have been over 438 ships abandoned worldwide, and that means there's over 5,767 crew members along with them. That's, like, I mean, that's not a small number. When I thought of, like, abandoned vessels, I was like, okay, maybe we've missed a few here and there, but... That's a four hundred and thirty-eight. Yeah. And what happens to them? Like, if
1: they never get them out of the ocean, do they just sink? And then okay, this just is the other waste thing in the water. Yeah, and, so some
0: do. Some just are yeah. left to drift. So apparently, there are just ships that they
1: know right. are drifting. And this sort of even can, like ties back to like the people on whale wars who are trying to get these people to surrender their ship, and then they, and sink, then they it sink it on, it pur- on yeah. purpose just to get rid of evidence. It's like just the the mindset of just yeah, like, and the thoughtlessness this, of, yeah, yeah,
0: of like what that does.
1: Like if imagine if so they crazy. were like, okay, maybe
0: there are, but like, just, but like, imagine you're in Denver, Colorado this weekend mm-hmm. and there's just like 10 abandoned cars somewhere or yeah, something, you know? Right. You wouldn't think that they're just littered around the streets. They'd no. be at like a lot or something, right. you know? But here they're just floating around. Yeah. That is really crazy. And some of them have crew mm-hmm. on them. Like, there's people on these ships It's It's floating. crazy that, like,
1: big companies, when they have a situation like that, it's like, it's not just the ship being abandoned. It's human lives being abandoned.
0: And the fact that they're saying, like, well, your lives aren't worth us. That is so disturbing. Yeah. Like, that's so sad. Ugh, yeah. I can't believe. Oh, the saddest part is this number is severely underreported, and it's believed to be on the on the climb upwards, especially after COVID. Jeez. Um, obviously we saw during COVID the shipping yeah. industry had a huge impact um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, something to think about. This is definitely something I just never thought was yeah. a, an issue. Also, yeah, oh my gosh, And like living in a landlocked state, like
1: this is the kind of thing we would never even think about.
0: It gives like new meaning to that, like go ship.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. That's well, we're
0: glad most in this instance, all the seafarers are home safe. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that is our dangers at sea episode. Yeah. Thanks for those stories. That was very interesting. Ahadat Media Production.